Hey everyone, welcome back to Land Investing Online, where we teach students how to profitably buy and sell vacant land. This is the simplest, least competitive, and most profitable sector of real estate. For more information, visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free Discord with tons of successful investors. Come learn from the best. Guys, if you guys are having value or see value from this podcast or YouTube, please like and subscribe. It means a lot to us and it really helps grow our channel. And we, we love doing this, so please like and subscribe if you get any value from this at all. But I'm Daniel Apke, joined once again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Welcome back, Ron. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. Before we start, we're going to talk about uh, today's episode is the real estate market update. As of today, I guess we'll do. So after quarter one of 2022, what we're seeing in land, but also the market. We do real estate at rentals as well and some other commercial properties. So we're going to give you a complete market overview. But before we get into that, let's get in one of our questions from a member. They said, I have a full cash offer or no, sorry, I have a full price offer, but it's financing through their bank. What do you think about this? How should I handle this? Yeah, I like this question. I think uh, we get this quite question quite a bit from people who are selling their first property, their second property, their third property, and maybe have they've done cash for the other deals. Um, if you've had the property on the market for a few weeks or a month or something, take this seriously. Um, did you? Is there a pre-approval, Dan? I thought you mentioned before we were talking. Is there no pre-approval, or is, did you say that? Um, they do have a pre-approval. Okay, so you have a pre-approval letter. That's really good. Uh, so it, some banks like won't mess with land. You know this bank messes with land based on that pre-approval letter. Make sure you read through it and make sure it makes sense. Uh, the only really, it's going to take a little longer to close. The only thing that you really have to go through that's different is they're going to need an appraisal on it. They might need some other stuff. It's going to take probably closer to 45 days instead of whatever, three to four weeks. Uh, but it's definitely feasible. I suggest accepting it if you're not getting other cash interested buyers, especially with it being full price, like you're going to get all that money back. Um, but that's my suggestion. Unless you're getting blown up on the property, you think you can sell a full price cash in the next few days, I would accept it, honestly. What percentage of our deals are financing, would you say, Ron? Uh, for for them when they buy, I would say... I would say somewhere 25 to 33, maybe somewhere a third to a quarter, I would imagine. Um, I don't think it's much more than that. I do think it's going to increase and we'll probably talk about that a little bit today, Dan. Um, but uh, actually it might decrease with uh, rates going up. But uh, yeah, I think 25 to 33%. Awesome. Well, that goes over it. So yeah, take these seriously. I guess that's the bottom of it. Um, take those offers seriously. If they have a pre-approval and they're interested and they've been to the land, take them seriously. So let's get into the show, the real estate and market update as of right now, as recording this, it's April 28th, 2022. So let's first, before we get into specifics, let's just give you kind of a clinical trial. What, what do we see from our land business and our real estate business? Say we've never heard any news at all. We don't know what's going on. What are we seeing out there, Ron? So as far as our land business, correct, Dan? Correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's keep this part uh, based on land, not on the rental properties and all that other stuff that we do in real estate. Um, but land, what I'm starting to see and what we're starting to see, I, I don't know if it's like a long-term thing by any means, but I the buyers, the amount of buyers we have for our properties we have for sale seems to be 
cutting down a little bit. I take buyers a lot more seriously. We used to get five, six buyers who are very interested within the first 24 hours or so. Now it might be two or three, which is still amazing. It's going to sell, but you, uh, I just noticed a few less buyers, maybe a few less people. I don't think it's affected the prices yet in any sector of real estate, but we're talking about land right now. Um, I, I don't think it's affected the prices right now because people are still looking for land. I still think there's more people looking than there is land available. And uh, that that's what I'm saying, Dan. I, I don't know how you feel, but uh, and I take care of a lot of our properties for sale. I talk to our realtors. Dan will talk to a few of our realtors as well. Um, and they kind of say the same thing. Like they just feel it coming like a few less buyers. People might not be as comfortable spending money right now. Yeah, and it used to be, we'd put a property in a hot area at the right price and then we'd have four offers by, you know, within a few days. Like that was pretty common, honestly. Um, now it's, we're not seeing that kind of heat. Things are definitely slowing down. It's going to take longer to sell these properties, I think. Not drastically yet. We'll see what happens to the market, but it's definitely changing as expected. I mean, we're, we're going to go into interest rates next, but with interest rates used to, I mean, they hit 2.75% mid to upper twos. Of course, people are going to have more money to spend. Now they're what, fives? We're going to get into that next, but it's just the market's changing, um, not necessarily for the better or the worse. It's different. I think it's going to be easier to acquire properties because people, as markets get tighter, people um, need more money. Obviously, markets are getting tighter. Unemployment goes up. People have less money to spend. Standard of living is dropping right now. It's a fact. Standard of living is going down. Um, things are less affordable. People are getting paid more than what they were, but with the increases in inflation and rent increases and housing increases and everything else involved, people are uh, having a less quality life in terms of finances in that aspect. And we're going to go into that as well. But so let's let's hop into that then. Let's just discuss interest rates. And, and then I'll kind of talk about why this affects our business. Uh, you might be asking, why are we talking about interest rates when we sell land for cash? Guys, interest rates are important for the economy. It's if you could afford a $500,000 house three months ago with a 3% interest or a 3.5% interest, now interest rates are 5.2% you know, or so. That same $500,000 house you can afford, now you can only afford a $380,000 house with that mortgage payment. So things change. It, it all reflects back to how much money disposable income you have, right? If people's wallets are getting tighter. Not as many people are going to have a hundred thousand dollars of cash to throw out land for their recreational purpose or whatever mm -hmm. that it is. So it, it, this really impacts the whole industry and economy as a whole, but let's get into that. So 2019, and this is all based on this data based on the average 30 year fixed rates from what the average consumer is spending. So 2019 hovered around 4% throughout the year, fluctuated a little bit, low fours. Um, it hovered at um, maybe hit high threes a couple months. 2020, it started high threes and ended up in the high twos. So that's when it really dropped during COVID and all that stuff going on. So we started high threes, right? Like 3.8, 3.9, 3 3.95. And then we ended up dropping to twos, 2.8, 2.9, 2.78, you know, things around there. 2021, um, it started in the high threes or no, started threes, um, and then it ended up going kind of to, it trickled up to high threes by the end of the year. So it started low in the low threes, I believe, and then went up into the high threes, right? So 2022, where we're at now. 
so last year we said we ended high threes. January it started, um, it started actually low threes in January and ended up mid threes by the end of January. Then it hit four percent, uh, I think, at one point in January. March it went up to the mid fours, like four point six, four point five percent, and then it ended March in the high fours. Now we're in April. It's April twenty eighth right now. It started high fours and then it went to low fives. I think the last I saw it was like average five point one percent, five point two. So you can see it's trending up, definitely trending up in terms of how much higher it's going to go. Who knows? Um, I don't think it's going to from our Ron will talk about this more from our conversation with our account or our loan officer. He thinks it's kind of not topped out, but he doesn't think it's going to go too, too much higher than it's already. The market's extremely volatile right now. Um, but that's my interest rates update. So you guys have an idea of what's going on. We're in the low fives right now. To put in perspective, we're in the high fives about 12 months ago, or sorry, high twos about 12 months ago, 16 months ago. Um, so things are going on doubling, um, which which is really big. But Ron, do you want to talk about our conversation with our uh, um, loan officer that we use? for yeah. residential? Um, first off, I don't know how long you guys have been in real estate. I don't know if you've ever owned a house or whatever. Obviously, we have a lot of different types of people and uh, age groups listening to this. This is a historically pretty normal interest rate, correct, Dan, in the fives? Um, what we saw after COVID and everything, that was to incentivize and try to keep the economy moving because people thought it was going to be so bad after COVID. Uh, so they dropped the interest rates to high twos. Um, I think I got locked in on my house at three, low threes maybe. Um, but uh, just for that. But yeah, we, we are refinancing a rental property right now, not a huge rental property by any means. Um, so we were getting quotes for this for like probably in the last four or five months. Um, we bought it with cash and we wanted to refinance and get our cash out. Uh, probably three, four months ago, we were getting consistent quotes for the 4.5, I think maybe 4.8, maybe 4.8 was the best we got. Um, maybe 4.5. I don't know. Uh, but we were getting those quotes and like, we thought those were high, honestly, and we were paying a lot of points up front. Um, so we waited a couple months. We had to, we wanted to make sure the rental property was stable. Cause you don't want to get a, you don't want to refinance and then be, uh, not making money on the rental property, not be cash flowing. But since we had any cash, like everything we got was basically just put in our pockets, but we wanted to make sure the property could be cash flowing with our, uh, whatever interest rate we got. Uh, but we had a, uh, conversation with our loan officer, like, or a different loan officer, like two days. And we trust this guy a lot. He seems really good. Um, it's a bank statement loan that we're getting, which isn't like since we're self-employed, it's tough to get uh, it's tough to get loans sometimes, especially for commercial properties, bigger properties. It's easier for these small ones and more conventional properties. It's a lot more difficult. It's not the asset that we get the loan based on. Uh, it is the uh, it's uh, it's us and our bank statements, all that stuff. Like if you haven't been if you don't have a steady uh self-employed income for a long time. It's really difficult for that. But uh, going back to the loan rate, I think we he said 6.7 or something, Dan, was that right? I think or so. Six point, I think 6.7 and he told us some things we could maybe get down to six and a quarter. Um, and this is on a $250,000 refinance. It's an extra $300 a month or so versus that 4.8, 4.5. Like it's significant as far, I think it's like 850 up to, I don't know, 1200 or something, 1150, I don't know. But uh, it's crazy. And he's like Daniel said, the uh, loan officer, he said it's going to flatten out. He thinks it's going to go up a little more. 
So be aware of that. But then he thinks because it's going to flatten out in 12 months from now, it could be a little lower than what it is currently. But it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind. Um, I'm selling my house right now and it's a three or four month sale because I'm planning on moving five, 600 miles away. And uh, I sold it kind of early. I wasn't planning on selling it as early as, as I did, but I disclosed to the guy like I can't move until like late May, early June. Uh, and he was approved for the loan, whatever, early February, maybe, maybe even January. He got approved for that loan. And one of my fears is right now, like hoping he still has the income and whatever to support a new interest rate, a higher interest rate, because that's going to be a fact. Like his interest rate is going to be higher. There's no way they locked him in for four months. So I'm really hoping I still have a buyer for my house because interest rates, like Daniel said, have almost doubled. Um, maybe it's up 2% or so. But it's crazy. Like home buyers are having to spend the same amount of money for less house, essentially. So did I say that right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, going back to what you said, so if we're paying three, four hundred more on just our little small two hundred fifty thousand dollar Section Eight rental, that's going back to just the economy thing on how this relates. If we have four hundred dollars a month less because of interest rates of our disposable income. If we're pocketing that, that's $400 less that we have. So that it, you see, then I have $400 less to spend. My income goes down. Things, um, I, it changes the whole game. And I just want to keep reiterating that interest rates change the market as a whole, not just real estate market. Um, do you have any last things to add to that before we move on to the housing market, Ron? I think people in their heads, like the, the thing that st sucks is like people in their heads are kind of whatever, they're, they're trying to save money, they're trying to make money, a certain amount of money to be able to buy, let's just say a half a million dollar house. I don't know what you need to make for that. Um, but if, it, if you had to make to be able to afford a half a million dollar house, maybe $150,000 uh, 12 months ago, you now need to make probably two to 225 to be able to afford that. Not to be able to get approved for that, Dan, I think. Um, I don't know the numbers exactly, but that's just the thing Like people are gonna have to, and that's I think it's gonna cause some of the housing prices to definitely flatten out and Dan will talk about this next, but possibly go down a little bit, but it's just, you have to make more money to be able to get afford the same house. Like it's just a fact you're not going to get approved without it. Exactly. So let's go over the housing market update then. Cause this has affected everyone. Everyone knows how hot the market's been. You hear everyone talking about it. Um, and it's true. It's been hot. So last year in 2021, the housing market was, up 15% from what started in January to December. Um, but if you take, what is it? April 28th. If you take April to last April, it's over 20%. So it just shows that it's, it's continued to heat up in 2022. Um, and Zillow predicts another 15% growth this year. That's aggressive. Um, I don't know if they counted in the mortgage rate increase or if they saw that 15% is the highest I saw they predict 2022 another 15%. Then there's companies like CoreLogic and these other Blackstone and all these other big guys. They predict more. I saw 5%, 7%, you know, low figures like that, which is still great. I mean, that's still historically um, really good for the housing market. So either way, um, Zillow is very aggressive with their pricing but or with their estimates. But increasing mortgage rates like we just spoke about, it's, it's putting pressure on property price growth to slow. Um, so maybe because not as many people can afford a $500,000 house, maybe there's going to be less buyers on the market. I mean, you assume it would trickle like that from an e economy standpoint. 
Um, so there's gonna be less buyers for that price, what there was. And then hopefully because there's less buyers, inventory stabilizes out. Right now there's such a shortage on inventory and such a high demand. Um, that's the question too, like how high is the demand? Is the demand normal or is the demand high? That's what they really don't have a set. Um, I guess they don't have anything concrete on the demand right now that I could really find. I saw so many mixed messages. Is it the demand or is it the inventory? And I think a combination of both because people do have more disposable income right now than they've had. But that's kind of my take on that. Um, the other problem that we're facing, raw material cost remains very high. Lumber's high, very lumber's very volatile. Builders continue to struggle to keep up with the home buyer demand. Um, not only that, supplies are hard to get. There's waiting lists, there's shortages, and just back orders out everything really. Um, which I could go on a rant, and we've Ron and I have been looking at um, different modular homes and different ways to build because the tighter the market gets, it might take something like this to realize the construction in industry is so behind. I mean, we're sending a bunch of a crew of eight people to a home site to, you know, dig, pour concrete, order materials, materials sit there. They're waiting on materials. They're calling. They're saying it hasn't arrived. They're going back and forth. They're coming back to the site. They're sitting around the waste, 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 waste. There's so much waste on traditional builds. It is just, it, boggles my mind it's old school and it hasn't adapted yet ron and i are looking at modular homes i was looking at all these factories yesterday they have these big factories million square feet type factories and they are zipping these material down the conveyor belts boom installing these guys are just waiting for the next material to just zip down they're grabbing it they're grabbing the windows putting the windows on zipping it tight next material comes boom boom just banging these things out that's modern construction. That's what we need to do to combat these issues. I mean, there's solutions to this. Maybe it takes a um, an economy like now where no one can get a house affordably. This, this stuff's getting tight, right? We need to look for ways to combat this. And one way to do that is these modular homes. They're building in these factories. They're ordering all the materials there, right? They're getting all the windows, all the lumber. They're getting it all. They're storing it in their million square foot factory in their lumber yard out back. And they're just zipping this material, building, shipping it out to the site and installing on a concrete pad. That's how we need to be looking at things. And I can keep going, but let's keep moving on. And then Ron, I want to hear your feedback after I finish this. Um, just a few other things to wrap up for the housing market update. So, so far we have, um, we talked about 2021, what we saw last 12 months, all that stuff. The Sunbelt is by far the hottest real estate market. Um, over 20% growth here in Tampa, it was over 30% where I'm at. Uh, Texas is super hot. Arizona, all the Sunbelt areas, extremely hot, by far the hottest market right now. And at current levels, the typical American right now has to spend almost 30% of their income on their mortgage payment. So lack of affordability continues to increase. Um, people can spend less on their houses or they're spending more on their mortgage than ever compared to their income. Like we said, prices are rising more than the incomes rising before. And that sums up what I have to say, Ron, what do you have to say about that? No, that's a lot of good info, info, Dan. And, uh, I'm excited about the modular home stuff. I think it's like you said, it's the future. And I think if you get ahead of stuff like this, you can make a boatload of money and our ability to acquire land cheap, I think can be very valuable with modular home stuff and those kind of deals. But uh, 
I, I think Zillow is crazy as far as saying 15% growth. I know they had that whole thing last year when they bought a bunch overpaid for a bunch of houses and sold them for less. Um, I, I think their prediction is way too optimistic, I guess. It doesn't make sense to me how it's going to grow another 15% with interest rates doubling. Like it, it doesn't add up to me in any way. Uh, people just don't have, they have money, but at the same time, like everything's going up and to go up another 15% after 20%, it, it, it just doesn't seem feasible to me. I think there will be markets where this happens. I think Tampa, that uh, South, the nice areas in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Tampa, uh, St. Pete, uh, Phoenix out there, Austin, Texas. Like these are places people are moving. They're moving from California. Uh, a lot of people are working remote. So naturally there's going to be a uh, supply and demand issue in those places. And rent prices are going to skyrocket there. Um, I know you're renting down there, Daniel. I know you saw it in the in the last 12 months alone where you are. Uh, rent, rent prices in these hotter markets are going to skyrocket along with real estate. So yeah, those can definitely go up 15 to 30%, I think, just because so many people are flocking. So many people are working remotely still, and it's a long-term thing. Um, so many people are starting their own businesses and making money online like this. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got, Dan. You covered a ton of that as far as that. Um, but I, I do think I, the mar market's going to flatten out in my opinion. I don't think it might take a little dip in some markets, but I think overall the market is going to flatten out over the next 12 months where as these, in the interest, I don't think the interest rate thing has fully, it definitely hasn't fully hit the market. In my opinion, people don't realize it. Um, like how much a two and a half percent interest rate increase is causing in their monthly mortgage payment and how much that's going to take out of their other disposable income. Uh, I just don't think it's hit yet fully because everyone still wants to buy and there's not that much inventory, but then people are going to look and like, they're going to start getting denied for loans, Daniel. I think that's the next step, honestly, is people are going to, maybe they got approved a year ago and they just didn't have the down payment or something. They're going to, they're not going to get approved for as much uh, loans. And then naturally the prices in some markets are going to go down. Yeah. And it's just, things are continuing to tighten and tighten up, I think. And eventually it's going to, it's going to hit harder. I, I don't know what it looks like in the future. It's just, I mean, you can only increase so much until it's like someone told me yesterday, they're like, cause Tampa, obviously this area, it's one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And someone told me yesterday who goes back and forth to Austin, Texas all the time. It's normal in Austin, Texas right now to get a thousand square foot place, right? It's normal in Denver, Colorado to get a thousand square foot home and spend a million dollars on it. In Austin, it's getting there too, a thousand dollars a square feet. That's normal now. Um, Tampa, it's not normal, but it's getting there. So I'm like starting to think about that on my drive home from yesterday. I'm like, dang, a thousand square feet for a million dollars. Like that's where things are heading. You got to get ahead of this stuff. You got to see the trends in the hot markets, but you also have to be hesitant in the hot markets because CoreLogic did a study and they said that 65% of homeowners in these markets are overpaying. So they're losing equity. They're buying into a loss realistically. And when I was buying a house down here, they told me they're like, yeah, if this doesn't appraise for your offer, um, you have to cover it. I'm like, doesn't appraise for my offer. And I was just like, wow. So that's normal here. 50% of the places don't appraise for their offer and you got to cover it because the loan companies see that you overpaid. And it's good right now because if you did that four months ago, now things are a lot higher than four months ago. But if you do this now, four months from now, where who knows where things are going to be. Um, so you just got to be careful, be ahead of this stuff. Don't be overly optimistic. 
listen to all these billionaires talk, these real estate gurus, the, um, uh, Mr. Wonderful, what's his name, him and, um, the owner of the Mavericks, Mark Cuban. And you listen to these guys talk, they're optimistic about a lot, but they're also very hesitant. They don't like to jump at things right away. They, they see the over-optimism and they make money off of that in other ways, but they're not the ones in there buying, putting $50,000 over asking price offers out there. You hear them talk about diversifying and all this stuff, and I can go on a rant on that also, but you just really have to be careful. Don't buy into all the BS um, because things will change eventually. And our generation, I'm in my 20s, we haven't seen a significant downturn yet. And all these people think they're making millions of dollars right now. But let's see how they last through a big recession. Let's see how they last long-term sustainability type stuff. These people who are spending all their money and analyzing their deals based on short-term rentals, that can change. Like You just have to play it for the long haul, not for the short game is all my advice on that. But let's go into rental property updates. All right. So like Ron said, rental, rental prices are sky rising. Tampa hit 34%. All these other markets pretty much averaged, if it's somewhat of a decent market, averaged over 15%. Um, even like Ohio, places like that where I'm from, over 15% increase. The median was over 15% in the US state by state. Um, like I said, states like Florida saw over 30%. Um, single family rentals are picking up because the inventory is so low and so hard to get and people still need to raise their families and want single family homes. That's picking up. Studio rentals right now, because of how expensive things are getting, like we said, lack of affordability, maybe efficiency apartments become a bigger thing. Maybe those get trendy. Who knows? But affordable housing is going to continue to rise. There's only so many people who can afford this outrageous BS. Um, it's just not going to last forever. So keep your eyes on that, guys. I'm telling you, in these hot markets, affordable housing needs to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. Just keep an eye on it. Everyone right now is looking at the luxury market. Just wait till the sustain or the efficiency units and all that stuff comes around. Keep an eye on that. Um, so studios are increasing the most right now because of that. So uh, I think it was four units were increasing the most because they're so rare in the uh, rental um, world. But since things are so expensive right now, studios just outpassed all that. They're growing at the highest rate right now. So studios are becoming a hot thing before no one even looked at studios hardly. Um, that's really it. I mean, just like the housing market, it just kind of reflects off of that. Things are going crazy. My rent increased a crazy amount. Um, everyone else has increased a crazy amount. It's just something we're dealing with. My income didn't change that much, but I'm paying a lot more for my rent now. Um, so that's really that round. What do you have to add? Yeah, um, I was just thinking when you were talking about studios and stuff, like when we were, I mean, not when we were growing up, I mean, when we were growing up too, but like, I've probably been in real estate and been interested in 15 years or something um, since high school and stuff. And I took it pretty seriously. I didn't make any moves that early, but uh, you always heard about studio apartments and where were they, Daniel? They were in Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, uh, New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn. They weren't in like Midwestern cities. And now these are becoming popular, which is sad because people aren't getting as much space to live um, and, and their rates are still going up so much. So people are in demand. They're looking for the smallest things because that's a, that's all they can afford. Um, like Daniel said, like affordable housing is going to become a thing. Mobile homes, as we see it with our, our industry, with, uh, with the land are going to become bigger. I think more cities are probably going to become more lenient on letting mobile homes like there are really really nice mobile homes and uh 
as everyone is more remote and more rural, uh, I think they're going to become even bigger because people are not, people don't need to live close to a big city or really close to a big city nearly as much as they did three, four, even three years ago, even, um, and even 10 years ago, obviously. But uh, I think affordable housing is a huge thing. We see it in our rent because we own rentals and we have contracts. That we, have, we use management companies for all of them. And we have contracts come up and the, uh, the, the management companies are always like, we thought we were priced well. They're like, no, we got to up this. And it's whatever from 600 to $900 um, from 900 to $1,200. And it's just crazy. And it's helping us obviously, and helps the value of our rental properties. But uh, I also understand, and we talked about this, you talked about this at the beginning, Dan, like wages are not going up the same. And uh, just one thing real quick, and then we can wrap it up. I think Dan is if you're if you're in a nine to five job, a normal one, especially if you have a skilled job, shop around your skill. It, it's not okay. Like if you're not getting raises uh, based on what inflation is and based on what all this is, shop around your skills. I trust me, you are going to get better offers than what you're making. Um, our brother, he got a it might have been thirty percent, Dan. I think a thirty percent raise because he was very serious. He was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm not making enough money here. Um, I know my skills. I know my worth. Um, and he got an offer from another company for a 30% increase. Uh, his company, good for him, I guess. Good for, good for him since he got to stay at his company and they matched it. His plan was never to uh, leverage this with his company, but the company knew how much more it cost. He, they're going to have to hire someone at the end of the day for what he ended up getting. So why not just offer him that? Um, so shop around your skills, go do interviews and that stuff. Like, and uh, you push for your wage to be increased along with inflation and everything else. Really good point. Yeah. Our brother made a good move with that. Um, you can get higher offers. You can get more disposable income, do what you know you're worth. That's definitely my advice. My other advice is when things are this volatile, diversify, don't buy into the one hype, you know, diversify your portfolio. Cause if 2007, eight, something like that happens, which it will in our lifetime. Um, I mean, things will drop. You want to be diversified. Don't buy into the heat. Those people are the ones who go bankrupt. So diversify, diversify, diversify. That's all I have guys. If you found any value from this at all, please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel or the Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, whatever you're listening on, please, please, please. We really appreciate it. Like subscribe. Also visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free discord. It's a chat. Discord's a live chat. If you don't know what it is. And Ron and I are in there with tons of successful investors. Come learn from the best. Thanks for joining, guys. Thanks, guys.